In the studio is Joey Morelli of Max's Deli, who is doing amazing things. Hi, Joey. Hi. Thanks for having me. It is good that you are in one place, actually, and can take a breath. You go all over the world to help feed people, most recently in Ukraine. I want to take one place at a time. There's an organization that you're leading that does this. How did you think, okay, I make really good chicken soup, I know that, and now I'm going to feed the world. How do you make that leap? Well, I have a uh, deli in Highland Park, Max's Deli. Uh Uh-huh. So... I've been there for about 12 years, and I and I love what I do. I love the grind, but I've always wanted to cook all over the world. That's, you know, everybody's got a dream. I, mean, I guess a lot of, I'd so love to. So your dream, uh, you got up one morning and said, you know, I need to feed the world. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. You know, I kind of like travel. What could be more fun than traveling the world, scuba diving, and cooking for kids. Now, I go all over, and the goal is to rebuild some of these kitchens. I cook for a lot of orphanages. Mm. So you rebuild the kitchens. You teach the kiddos how to cook. And and you experience different places all over the world. What could be cooler than that? Where's the coolest place you've ever been to? I've been to three countries so far, and by far my favorite right now is Cambodia. I was in the capital city, Phnom Penh, Cambodia. And the garbage district called um, the garbage uh, district. The garbage. There's been books written about the garbage d- district of Phnom Penh. Not where, garbage. Where people live in a garbage dump. Gar- oh, it is garbage. Yeah, the rent collector is a book I read all about the garbage district, and huh. these people are living in a garbage dump. And they live in a garbage dump. Yeah, the book. It's a very famous. Let's call it infamous place. But when you go there and you cook for people and you see how they're living, there's no floors. If it rains, they sleep in dirt, obviously. Hmm. And the, Did you sleep like that when you were there? Um, I, I stayed there. I did not sleep like that. I, I mean, I'm a spoiled brat from Highland Park. I, <laughs> for 20 bucks a day, I got a, 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 a hotel with air conditioning and a pool. I mean, it's like living the life for nothing. That's the other thing. That everything there is so cheap in Cambodia. It's not even you, real. What did you do in Cambodia? You helped feed those people that lived in the garbage dump? In the garbage? Yeah, the garbage. It's not officially called the garbage district anymore. That's not PC. But uh, I went to a, a, there's an orphanage there called, uh, stand up called, um, oh, what's the name of the orphanage? Well, that's okay. Anyways, forget yeah. about the name of the orphanage. I cooked for about 40 kids. And my buddy Eric Lyons from uh, from Deerfield, him and his parents saw a problem, and he's a first responder type of guy. So mm-hmm. he, he he moved this orphanage out of the garbage dump, and and there I am a year later cooking there, and rebuilding the kitchen. Hell, I rebuilt their basketball court. I put in a generator, put in new equipment, and I taught the kids how to cook. What were they eating previously? You know, the the poor, which is a big, huge chunk of this area, eat little junk fish from the ocean, from the lakes and the rivers and the ponds in the area. Which are polluted, are they not? Beyond polluted. If yeah. you saw it, you would not believe it. They eat these little junk. What they do is they, they salt cure all these junk fish in the sun. There's no sanitation practices in these towns in Cambodia. So they salt cure these these little tiny fish. They have some rice, and that is their breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Hmm. War breaks out. Uh, 
Russia attacks Ukraine and you said, I got to go. Um, my friend Olya, who's in the studio. Mm-hmm. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, she is Ukrainian. And we called around a little. Let's, she called around a little bit. Found a Ukrainian bank that is helping people get to Ukraine. And away I went. We hatched this plan. I'm curious. So the airlines are not flying there? So Uh, how did you, did you fly to Poland and then cross over? Yeah, I flew to Poland and I crossed over with, uh, the military had to give me a pass. And it was- How do you get that? The Ukrainian bank organized the whole trip. Whose military gives you the pass? Ukraine, I suppose? Ukraine gives me the pass- and then the Ukrainian is bank like organized all trip. Is it a piece of paper like the one we got in high school? I never even saw the pass because I had a driver that was headed off. They organized a whole trip, the whole transport. But walking from Poland to Ukraine border at 12 midnight because my flight was three hours late, surreal. It was it was like this has to be what it felt like in France during the, the, hmm. the German occupation. Were you, I suppose there were thousands going in the other direction. But were you the only one going into Ukraine? At midnight when I got there, there was nobody. Like, my driver wouldn't even walk through, walk over the border because you're not allowed to be out past 10 10 p.m. So I was only allowed to cross because of the military pass. But my drivers were terrified. When I got to the Ukrainian border, the drivers that picked me up, they're like, if we get pulled over, they're going to jail. I'm like, so I just put people in harm's way. (laughs) That's Oops. not good. Oops. Oops. I, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And then what you did in Ukraine, kind of heroic. All right, so you're in Ukraine, and how do you set up shop to begin doing what you do or did there? And what exactly did you do there? So it was all set up before I left for the trip, the transportation, the military pass. The town I went to is called Stri, which is close enough to the Polish border where I'm somewhat protected from the U.N., and they set up a kitchen. There used to be a, a little pizza shop, 300 square feet. And they found about 100 uh, uh, refugees and soldiers, injured soldiers, wives and kids of soldiers. And so it was all organized by a Ukrainian bank. And uh, my job was, they even put me up at a hotel. I stayed at, I was there for a month, four different hotels, one a week. And they even gave me transportation. Did you feel safe? Ooh. It's so funny. When the first night I got there, the bombs were going off. The alarms were going off for bombs. And I called Olya. I'm like, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> I mean, my mom is going to freak out. How about you? My Jewish mommy? She's, you know, I'm like, what's going to. So it turns out that some of bomb alarms are not imminent bomb threats, but hey, this war, this country is under attack, and we need to know. And the, the other places like Street that is closer to Poland and more protected, you're safe. But remember, the east part is being bombed right now. The everybody's being bombed, and so these were reminded. But the first day I got there, I heard the bomb alarm, and they're like, uh, "Go to a bunker." Hmm. And I didn't even go to the bunker because Olya told me it was a safe bomb alarm. Just a reminder that this country is being destroyed by evil. Well, that's true. What is the spirit of the people there like? Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it's th- they just deal with it. They go about their lives. 
Um, They work hard. They smile. So give us the scenario. So I don't think we can very well, unless you really think about it, put ourselves in their shoes. So you get up in the morning. You hear these uh, bomb alarms. Maybe you hear the bombs. Maybe they're near you. They're not. You smell them. Talk about that. You, I was in Lviv, which is a little closer, not dangerous, but less safe than being so close to the Polish border. So um, you smell, I think what we, what I learned is I smelled the, uh, the anti-bomb protection, the smell, the smoke. Um, you see the fear in people's eyes. Three or four times, everybody scattered and went to a bomb shelter in Lviv. And then... 20 minutes later, the bomb alarm went off saying everything's okay, and poof, everybody was out living their life again. Hmm. And it felt very much to me like the blessing is to feel what it must have felt like in in France during the 40s. It had to feel that way. Did you see destroyed buildings and such? On the way in, I saw many destroyed buildings, and um, you see the tanks. When I was going through the, the border to get to Poland, these giant convoys of tanks and military equipment and missiles. I'm like, this is, it's like, am I, am I really living this right now? It's surreal, sad, and inspiring the way that people handle it. Uh, what's going to happen next there? What do you think? Well, from what we just read and heard, you know, Russia has, has doubled their attacks east and west now, and it's going to get worse. And, you know, we all know that the military complex is making tons of money off this. Don't kid yourself. So what do you mean by that? Well, when I was down there, I noticed that all the weapons being used are American weapons. That means you, the U.S., whatever side of politics, it does not matter. The U.S. is playing with their toys, depleting their inventory, and seeing how they can make them better next time. That sounds like a, a victory for the military. Hmm. How, about I, for, how about for the people who live there, though? Well, uh, since when do politicians who really only care about getting reelected think that way? Well, I would think they have a. If the, the politicians that are there in Ukraine have another perspective, they have a country to save and their own lives. Certainly. And, you know, when you're on the side of that, yeah, you see how horrible they are. But. I've yet to meet a politician, I'm sure they're out there, that wasn't in it just to get reelected. Well, I don't, I'm sure they're there. I don't completely agree, but no matter. Uh, all right, so same question. Do you have any just personal feeling after having been there for so long, uh, how you think this is going to wind down? Is it years away? I don't. You know what? All I know is I don't know anything. I don't know how people think. I know what I can do, which is I can cook, I can love, support, raise money with Joey's Food Fight, and I'm going to return to Ukraine because from what Olya tells me, my my Ukrainian friend Olya, Mm -hmm. hi Olya. I know, she's here. So cute. Okay, so (laughs) if Russia's doubling down, there's double the amount of refugees in Stri, the town that I cooked in, and... There's more. Well, I cooked for at the end of my trip in Ukraine. I was cooking for about 200 people in a three, in a tiny little kitchen. All the refugees were cooking and shopping with me. From what I hear now, there's double, triple the amount of refugees. Also, there's makeshift orphanages all over that town because all the parents yeah. have been 
killed, killed, yeah. or they're lost in war, or they're or, or they're or, or they're in jails. So I, every day I would go to the orphanages and bring the kids ice cream. What about all the pets that were left because these families mm. had to abandon their pets? Yeah. Every night I would walk the streets with uh, uh, one of my friends that became a very close friend of mine. She walks the streets every night and feeds the hundreds of dogs and cats that are just trying to survive trying to survive yeah. so it was cooking for refugees and it was going to orphanages and then it was taking care of dogs it was like it's the most amazing thing i've i don't have any kids it's the most amazing thing i it's the most impactful thing i've ever experienced wow uh but that wasn't all that's only a small part of the story you're helping right now people all over chicago talk about that chicago help initiative catholic charities and uh, a project called or- OrangeTentProjects.org, which is orange tents all over the city for the local community. Those are for the migrants? And the are, migrants. Yeah. You know, the local community is almost getting lost in the shuffle what's going on with the migrants. But not by Joey's Food Fight and the Catholic Charities. And these nuns in the Catholic Charities, man, women make everything good in this world happen. <laughs> It's women I, power, baby. I do not disagree with that. Oh, in fact, if they ran the world, I think we'd be better off, but that is just my opinion. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Okay. My mommy would run this world with pure love yeah. and toughness. Why don't we have enough of that? I don't know. I don't expect you to answer. You're also going to Mexico. I'm going to Mexico this year, 2024. What, what, are, you doing Mexico. In Me- what are you doing? Well, Joey's Food Fight was founded, my my initial mission was orphanages and kiddos all over the world. I don't have any kids. I love kids. My brother's got a 10-month-old child. It's like the coolest thing that's ever happened in my life, not even my kid. I want to go all over the world. I want kids all over the world to call me Uncle Joey. <laughs> so, so tell that's me about, we have one minute left, so tell yeah. me about the nonprofit. Joey's Food Fight? Yeah. Um, it's going on year two. Um, I go all over the world, and I cook for kids in orphanages. Of course, I couldn't say no to a trip to Ukraine to cook for, f- cook in a war-torn country. I mean, what's cooler or more impactful than that? I think other people might say no, but go ahead. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I'm not a fearful person. Yeah. I'll just go on to the next life. I'm going to do 10-plus missions to 10 different countries in the next 10 years. Well, I think we need you in this life, Joey, so you better not go anywhere. And in the meantime, can people find you at Max's Deli? Probably not, because you're off doing other things and not making chicken soup. I'll be there. Besides the three months or so I'll be gone in 2024, I'm at Max's Deli every day. Okay, give me the URL again for Joey's Food Fight. Food, what is it called? Joey's Food Fight. Think about Animal House. Food Fight! Okay, that's what I thought it was. That's okay. where I got it from. Yeah, literally. Okay, and the- Joey'sFoodFight.com. All right. On that's- every social platform. Every social platform. Uh, and the secret is dill in the matzo ball soup. Yeah, but don't tell anybody. I won't. I okay. promise. Thank you for all you do. Will you promise to stay in touch? Absolutely. And maybe we'll talk to you when you're in Mexico? You've been so good to me. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> 